Ready, set, go! This is the Checkpoint XP Podcast. Check out our international radio show and daily podcast at CheckpointXP.com. Here are your hosts, Nate Bender, Robbie Landis, Norris Howard, and Joe Sloan. Checkpoint Reach. All right, who's ready for a debate today? Welcome into the Checkpoint XP podcast on B-Pod Studios, the place to be for podcast discovery. Exclusive, uncensored, and extended conversations from the nationally syndicated crew of the Checkpoint XP radio show. My name's Nate Bender. I'm joined by the Checkpoint XP crew, Robbie Landis, Norris Howard, and Joe Sloan. And uh, But before we get to the debate, we're going to talk about comedy, because there's a lot of talk about comedy, whether it's, you know... Uh, Shane Gillis, or whether it's the Joker movie, or whether it's Borderlands. A lot of people talking about comedy. But before we get to that... Do we have a review? Oh, we better. We had better have some reviews. We like to read Apple Podcast reviews here on the Checkpoint XP podcast. Stop stalling. Do we have a review or not? If we don't have a review, there's going to be trouble. And every week... We ask you guys to leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. It's a yes or no, duh. Swear to God. And every week, it seems like we are disappointed. Oh, come on, man. But not this week. All right. Thank you. I almost threw a damn shoe at you. (laughs) Y'all got lucky. So lucky. You've become the modern, like, Regis Philbin doing freaking, like, (laughs) who wants to be a millionaire. Oh, you just won $100,000! <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's, it's kind of fun. Uh, this week, review coming in to us from ZMOG FC. Okay. ZMOG, okay, ZMOG Football Club? All right, must be a soccer fan. Or a Zima fan. Shut up! ZMOG FC says, I've been listening to you guys for many years. By the way, the, the title of the review is Liking the Direction. Oh. Five stars, by the way. All right. I've been listening to you guys for many, many years. I'm happy for you post, uh, uh, for your post LBR success. In the past, I didn't really know the difference between this podcast and the daily show. Took weeks for me to notice this podcast had stopped. Lol. <laughs> well, we're uh, back. Now. Well, we back. Yeah. But just listening to this uh, group, uh, this group nerd talk is glorious. Anyway, great chemistry with a diverse crew. Joe is steady, practical, Midwestern uh, mom Thanks. dad. <laughs> mom, mom dad. Okay, hey, I appreciate the gender neutral oh, yeah. terminology. Mom, I appreciate mom that. Mom dad. I appreciate uh, that. No- Norris brings much needed style and a minority perspective. All I appreciate. Right. All right. Nate is a uh, great narcissist leader and brings the big mic energy. And then Robbie is redundant. He's bluffing, sir. He loves me. <laughs> a small suggestion. Maybe mention what days and times include the time zone the shows are live. P.S. Please, please, please learn to pronounce Oregon and Nevada correctly. You're For, professional. No, first of all, that's I did wrong. that on purpose. Nevada. I don't give a it's shit. Nevada and, and Oregon. And, and Oregano. Ore- Oregano. Oregon. Yeah, I, I assume that's how you pronounce it's it. It's Nevada and Oregon. It's Oregon. How is it anything but Oregon? Yeah, I, I've never heard anybody mispronounce or- Oregon. Oregon. Or- Oregon. 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 I like Oregon. Oregon. How is that for redundant? I think, it's, I think it's Oregon. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't care. It's spelled I also like don't Oregon. Care. So. Also, there all there's five people that live in Oregon. So yeah, the rest, it's, it's the rest actually, of Oregon, Portland, and Oregon. Yeah. yeah, I like I like all the Pacific six people Midwest that live in, in Portland. Damn. Yeah, not many people live there anymore. 
They all yeah. moved. Portland's yeah. not as weird as it was. No. Really? No, yeah. they moved to Vancouver. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people went to Seattle. Like bigger, just bigger cities. Bigger in general. cities. Yeah. Do they have any yeah. sports teams left there? Oregon the Blazers. Yeah, Port- yeah, the yeah. Trailblazers. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's about it. Yep. yep. So thank you, Zio, uh, Zamog FC. We appreciate it. Uh, if you want to be like Zamog, go and leave us an iTunes review. Look us up. Checkpoint XP on Apple Podcasts and uh, leave us a little bit of a review. For those that really want to know when the show is on, it's, always, it's 4 p.m. Eastern. I don't know what other time zones that equals to. Should we? We should probably math that out. Uh, well, no, it's 3 no, p.m. Central, don't. 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific. Exactly. Just there you go. Subtract. Yep. Subtract Mi- minus one for or each one. And for those English fans, we have what European is that? Plus five. Plus five. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, or just follow the the Twitch channel. Make sure that the bell is highlighted so okay. you get the push notifications and join us when the goddamn phone before we proceed with today's topic i have to i have to put this out here into the ether what okay Okay. what according to the detroit free press six flags could be merging with cedar point in a massive amusement park deal all right, what year is it that we're having massive amusement park deals? Does that still happen? That's also not an, uh, that massive because then just Cedar Point becomes a Six Flags. Shut up, <laughs> because Cedar Point is probably more successful than Six Flags, right? You're now. not wrong. I'm just saying, like, it's not like Cedar Point dots the entire it United States. It doesn't matter. Cedar Point is by far the best amusement park in the continuous 48 states. I mean, Anyone I'm else want to do their jobs today? Shut up! <laughs> yeah, we have more important things to talk about. Yeah. Coming up today on the Checkpoint XP podcast, comedy. Yeah, you know, the thing that's supposed to make you laugh? Well, a lot of people are getting real revved up about it, and we're going to talk about it. Coming up next on the Checkpoint XP Podcast. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. Welcome back to the Checkpoint XP Podcast on B-Pod Studios. My name's Nate Bender. So glad to have you with us. Today, we're talking comedy. The oh, or lack thereof in some cases. Yes. The thing that's supposed to tickle our funny bones. The thing that's supposed to make you laugh and forget about wor- the world for a little bit. So uh-huh. a lot a very serious discussion going on right now about comedy uh-huh. and how about woke culture... And PC culture is ruining comedy. Comedians are finding it hard to do their jobs of making people laugh because, oh, people aren't laughing at the same things that they used to 10 years ago. This is not, by the way, a new phenomenon no. whatsoever. This is this is something that has been uh, a hallmark of, of all comedy forever. I mean, well, that's really, why, but that's why you have comics that ebb and flow, right? right. Some comics fall out of favor because yeah. their particular brand of comedy no longer works in the current paradigm. This right. is this is not new. No, what is new? The only thing that is new is people labeling 
the changes. That's the only thing that's the woke culture, PC culture. That's the only thing that's different. I think, I also think... So now there's some to attack. I, I also think well, the other social thing media, there's also a way for more people to attack. No, it's true. I mean, you're not wrong. The other thing, I, I mean, the other thing that has changed are comedians specifically... At least I I don't I didn't see this happen as much in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. and and because I've studied a lot of comedy you're seeing comedians push back against the tastes of their audience which usually didn't happen if, uh, back in the days of you know your George Carlin your Richard Pryor it was take it or leave it yeah Sam Kinison didn't spend time on on social media or on stage or after the show arguing with people who didn't like their jokes if someone didn't like a joke they got up and left and they took it up with the club owner yeah and if the comedian wanted to address it they did and that was it yeah, there wasn't these long drawn out. Oh well, this guy left my show, and I and I can't believe this PC culture nonsense. And because here's the thing: anyone who ends up taking issue with any amount of comedians' material is instantly painted with the brush of, "Oh, you're an SJW. Oh, you're part of that woke culture. This is part of that PC attack machine." And it's just like, no. I, listen, I have very permissive like boundaries when it comes to comedy Mm -hmm. i will put up a lot with a comedian because i'm waiting to hear the end of the joke like i'll judge by the time you hit the punchline and move on to your next subject a lot of people hear one thing they get triggered they move on i had that happens i had an ex i tried to show her bo burnham's special like his Uh, first big special which is great yeah and 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 he has one of the first things that uh, that he mentions is that that joke where he's like don't you hate when you're kissing a guy and you find out he's a fag she goes turn it off and walked out of the room yeah yeah i mean and i mean (laughs) okay yeah, as an okay. LGBT person in the room, I was sitting there like, "Ooh, that's you know a little provocative." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, this guy's hilarious." Well, but, but that's that because you the, let him get to the end of the point, right? Well, get to the get to the end of the joke. Like literally, he has a joke. Uh, like I feel like two minutes later, where he's just like, like uh, his, uh, he's talking to his dad. He's like, like, like you know, you're too flamboyant. He's like, really, dad? Then prove it. Let her up in the air. Exactly. Like, let him get to the joke. It's funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- here's the the biggest thing, right? Is that true masterful comedians know how to ebb and flow between that line that line of like yo this is some wild shit that he's saying but low key he's right like that's that's what comedy is supposed right. to be about it's really supposed to be about truth telling it's really not it's, it's funny because suppo- it's true yeah it's funny because it's true it's really not supposed to be you know this it, it's not supposed to be what people are making it out to right be. well i mean right think about this in your in your own life is it easier to tell a story in a funny way about something that happened to you or make up a joke? It's way easier to tell a story yeah, in a funny true. way. Yeah. Because the best comedy is things that actually happen. The, the truth is stranger than friction. Always. So it's like I, I remember when when, you know, people really came at, at Dave Chappelle for his for his trans. His most recent. Uh, his, his trans. Joke. Well, so yeah, that the, the, actually that was three specials ago. Three, two or three specials ago. Yeah. And. I went and I watched it and then I realized like it's really in my opinion but I'm not one to tell other people if they could be offended or not but in my opinion I wasn't offended by anything I actually thought it was pretty hilarious yeah 
But I understood how somebody could be offended. But at the same time, I've heard provocative jokes about black people. I've heard provocative jokes about inner city folks, about poor folks, about like all these demos that I could have fit in. And I'm just like, yo, low key, the shit is like, it's just funny. Yeah. You know but what I mean? Here's, but here's the weird line, though. Here's the weird line. White people, specifically white men. Anytime you start to try to joke about white dudes, oh shit, gets real tense real yeah. quick. I'm white, you know? I'm white. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and that's that's really where I'm starting to bristle at a lot of the pushback against yeah. uh, against a lot of this shit. Because really what it seems like is like I'm allowed to joke about anything you're not allowed to joke about me. Well, I mean, it's the same thing that I've said about South Park since I feel like the early 2000s. I have no problem with any of the jokes South Park makes because everyone gets a turn in the barrel eventually. Sure. And it is. And I mean, everyone. Well, and that, gets but a that's turn what it, but that's what it's supposed to be. And right. that's why even though South Park is not particularly my brand of humor, I think it it's it needs to exist. It definitely needed to exist when it first came but out. Discrimination sure. isn't making an off-color joke. Discrimination is deciding who is okay to joke about and who is not. Right. But here's the thing is that this is starting to translate into who shows up to see the comedians. Yeah. Comedians are starting to feel the pinch at the box office. Mm. And then they're going, oh, woke culture. It It's not that. It's people are voting with their feet. Yeah. And then they want to bray about the fact that, oh, they're being silenced. That's not what's happening. No one's silencing you. No one's telling you you can't tell your stupid Asian jokes, Shane Gillis. They're just saying, if you want to be a part of SNL, maybe you should have thought about that part well, and, of your and, career beforehand. And that's the thing that. I'm really having a lot of issue with like I always think it's problematic in my opinion to look at something somebody did 20 years ago outside of like I don't know a sexual assault but <laughs> yeah like it to take someone's something someone said absolutely 20 years ago 100%. And, and recontextualize it for now right because we could do that with virtually every human being on earth this was an example recently James Gunn yeah, yeah I mean, right. I, exactly. I think, yes. I just think that is very, very, very problematic because things do change and we do evolve as societies as time goes and on. And as people. And yeah. as people. Shane was not from 20 years this ago. This was not 20 no. years ago. This particular instance was within the, the context of quote unquote woke culture. This yeah. is post Black Lives Matter, post, you know, uh, post, you know, the revoke of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, post all this stuff that we talk about in modern times as moving forward. Forward as a society mm-hmm. and i just think if if you're within the past five years right if you're looking at that context the past five years and you're still making certain types of jokes that one aren't funny two don't have telling punchlines, and three don't have some sort of teachable moment involved in it then I, I you're not that good at your job exactly you know what i mean that's that's i think that's i think the the bigger issue here is that a lot of these comedians and and I, I like I don't know enough about Shane Gillis to kind of kind of lump him in with this. But there are a lot of comedians out there that are getting cheap, easy laughs from doing doing what wrestlers they get cheap. Heat. It's, it's they low, go it's out, low they hanging go out, fruit. Yeah, low heat. hanging fruit. It's cheap heat. Um, and and you know what? It's boring. Yeah. It's boring comedy that doesn't move the needle for me. I like challenging 
comedy. I, that's one of the reasons I like Doug Stanhope. Doug yeah. Stanhope, a notoriously un-PC comic, but who has a point and is always driving to that point in his jokes, maybe even if he doesn't know it. Sometimes he's too drunk to know it. But the point is, is that there... Doug Stanhope is someone who, through 20, 30 years of stage performance, earned that latitude and made that choice. And doesn't I and is not someone that complains if someone leaves the audience or if someone decides that's this isn't right. for them. Well, that's and, their right. And that's the thing, though. You know, when you have someone like that who has decided this is the sort of comedy I'm going to do, I've built my audience that is going to listen to it and enjoy it. He also doesn't complain when, like you say, he doesn't get the call for SNL. Because guess what? That ain't going to jive with SNL. That's exactly Yes, Yes, Lauren isn't going to stand for it. But the thing is, is that I think the problem is also twofold. I think you do have an issue with really shitty comics not being able to push forward the same shitty jokes that they were able to get away with a decade ago, right? I do think, though, that as a society, sometimes as it pertains to Comedy and comedy only. I'm not talking about people who are politicians. I'm not talking about people who have positions of power. I'm not talking about that. Mm. I'm talking about comics, people who are sent here to make us laugh. Right. Right. I do think as a whole, our society needs to lighten the fuck up, though. Yeah. Oh, totally. I do agree. Because not only do you have to let people get to the punchline, you have to have the ability to laugh at yourself. 100%. That's the main thing. 100%. Because for as many jokes as I've heard about everybody else, some of the funniest jokes I've ever heard in the history of Everdom have been about people from my community. Because... I relate to it. I know exactly the type of person that they talking about and I know exactly what they're referencing. That shit's funny to me. Yeah. And I think for certain communities, I understand how the advancement of certain communities is fairly recent and you don't want those you don't want those advancements to be undercut by being made by them being made fun of. I get that. But at the same time, if you're humorless all the time, if you are humorless all the time, how the fuck can we relate to you? Yeah, it's a very good point. And that's one of the main ways we relate to one another is we fucking laugh at each other. How many times even in this room we've had gay jokes, black jokes, white jokes, trans jokes, all the jokes, all all under the sun, nerd jokes, every subculture that is housed within this room. Even other people from the outside who come in and go, oh, my God, you guys are a tough room. Straight up, <laughs> you are not safe. When you yeah. walk through that door. just You are not can, safe. Can, your can bi- your byline and who signs your check stub does not protect you for, uh, from us clowning on you. That's can, right. Can we just leave the raisins and the potato salad out of it? <laughs> no, because that shit's gross. <laughs> but, but that's but, completely fair, though. I mean, uh, we look at this kind of modern era where I do believe we have some of the best comedians that... Well, because they figured been. out how to navigate some of the this best yeah. performers. And I, Robbie, like you brought up Bo Burnham earlier. Bo I, Burnham's I, a great I example. I believe is one of the most talented performers. I don't, I'm not even going to say comedians, performers that is traveling today. And you have to get be able to get past some of the the, the bristling stuff. You look at Daniel Tosh. You talked about the ability to laugh at yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I think Daniel Tosh is hilarious mainly because I look at him and the character he plays and Daniel Tosh is the worst version of me. Yeah. He's the worst <laughs> version of of me and that's why that's how i have to look at it but it's hilarious to watch that person it's you know and and i mean like i i don't want people to misunderstand and think that like i'm railing against comedians or like 
un-PC comedians. I feel like this again, is more a defense of comedians than anything else. I, I mean, it, again, some of my favorite comedians are like Anthony Jeselnik. And, I love you know, Anthony Jeselnik. You know what I mean? He's like, so perp- it, But that's his bit is purposeful overkill yeah it's everything is just so over the top you know where the joke is yeah and, right and at the same you time don't take him fucking seriously right and how often do you see anthony jeselnik on fallon never exactly and you the, never will right because that's the the niche he's carved out but it works it doesn't mean he's less funny or his humor is less valid it just means he's kind of chosen a different you know route with it but but these are these are the things that i think you know there's always like the social contract right like when you walk into a comedy club or a comedy show you are supposed to leave your personal bullshit at the door yeah and you're supposed to come in with an open mind and being ready to be entertained you have to leave all that shit over there because if you don't every comedian worth their salt will offend you yeah all of them let, let, yeah. let me ask you this then because i think you're right if you're specifically going to a comedy club if it comes down to the fact that you're not laughing, just walk out because whoever's up on that stage has the right to do whatever it is that they want to yeah. do to try and entertain you, right? But when we're not talking about comedians specifically up on the stage, we're just talking about your average Joe out there somewhere trying to tell a joke, right? Does it change then? Yeah, it does change. You, you it need, changes. There, there is a certain amount of artistic protection that is built into being on a stage with a microphone or at least they're talking should be. to an audience or at least they should. there should be yeah there, well, there, i mean you i think that you should be given a certain amount of leeway if that's the case but but guys but guys freedom of speech i can say whatever i want okay, to say wrong you can say whatever the hell you want to say i'll also have the right to basically punch you in the face well, or not, not, that, necessarily, but, well, no. not necessarily well not necessarily you in the face you, but consequence you can yeah. do that but then freedom you also speech, have to put yes, up with the consequence freedom, of punching somebody freedom of speech is not freedom of consequence if you can say whatever the hell you want that doesn't mean i have to listen to you and that's what i think you know uh, c- comics are getting you know frazzled about is that there was the expectation that if you're a comedian you could go on stage and say whatever the hell you wanted to say and that people would just accept it would eat it up and they would either come back to your show the next time or they wouldn't right see now now the paradigm has changed and part of that consequence is whatever your social media fallout is right and understanding that any good comedian goes into every show knowing that that is a possibility. However, I think, first of all, I think you're a little bitch if you whine and complain about that. I mean, we do sad, a sh- no. sad and butter. <laughs> it's true. We do a show every day. We've had people send us messages about how we're SJWs and, you know, For culture sure. warriors and all this other stuff. And I'm going to be honest, I kind of don't give a fuck. Yeah. I don't. Wow, we we fight for social justice. Yeah, that seems like such that a sounds amazing. Terrible, but terrible. I thing. don't give a fuck. Like you like our show or you don't, or maybe you'll learn to like it in time. But if you don't like it, I kind of don't give a fuck. Yeah. And I feel like where were the comedians who were like that? Where were the comedians who? Well, there, there. That's that was the. I think that was the norm for comedians up until very recently. And I think a lot of that shift has had to do with social media, with the access that social media provides. Really, what this is is comedians getting upset about mean tweets 
that are being sent to them. That's at the end of the day. That's really what we're talking well, about. And that's is that, oh, well, PC culture is such a problem, not because you have a problem getting up on stage and being allowed to say those things. There are plenty of clubs that will put you on stage. There are plenty of bookers who will book you mm-hmm. if you have that kind of draw. The problem is that people see the tweets or people see the messages on social media or they see the blogs and they take it personally in their little child hearts because here at the end of the day comedians are fundamentally insecure that's why we that's do, why it works i can't say we anymore i used to try here's part part of the thing i used to try to be a stand-up comedian for three years i was an open micer i've got about 15 minutes that i could probably bust out at any one time but the problem is that so many of these dudes sit around and they take this shit personally oh, yeah they take it personally and and as someone who has been training and studying to be in radio for the better part of my conscious life I've always been aware of the parasocial relationship the way that you have to thicken up your skin when it comes to getting feedback and you can do one of two things you can let it roll off your back or you can choose to fight back and if you choose to fight back that exposes the fundamental weakness of your character well, it's it, a losing it, battle every time every time what, what, every are you, time. what are you you are never going to argue back and get someone to go you know what? You're right. I'll come watch again. Not in this. Not in no, this context. You look like a jackass. Not in this context. Do. But Nate, you brought up something that I think was very important. As you were saying that it was white dudes who were feeling that the jokes were being made about them, and they real and they quick, got bent out of shape. Real quick. Real Go quick. Ahead. Before before you make this point, real quick. Part of this is. It, I mean, it's not just comedians either i mean a lot of times if you pop into a twitch stream and someone's in the middle of a joke and the the uh our our friend annie who we met out at Mm -hmm. twitchcon was just tweeting about this which is what got me thinking about it but like let's say you're saying you know something like men are trash you know it's not a real like that's not a real like genuine like like a hating men or like hating a gender message like come on dude and then someone screenshots that and is like Oh, I thought this was an inclusive. Someone chat. gets sued. So, or bent I, out of shame no, about it, it's it. it's that. First of all, it. <laughs> It's white dudes on both sides. And listen, I, listen, let's, let's come, come at me. White but, men are trash. Like, but the, let's it's, just it's this. Be real. It's, it's you got a bunch of offended white dudes on this end because you're you people are saying stuff like men are trash, not understanding the context. It's like people who say all lives matter. It's like if you don't understand the distinction, then you're probably not smart enough to engage in this space. Rising right. but straight pride. Same, literally <laughs> same is, argument. No, no, same no, argument. But all of those, all of those things. I cannot believe that those are honest and genuine desires for representation. That they are willful misconstructions of the original point of which they are based on. Yeah, but it's not a, it's not a willful misconstruction. No, it's, it's subversion. No, well, it's gaslighting. Is yeah, what it it's is. gaslighting. But that that is a, that that's willfully misconstruing yeah, something. But, yes, but but on top of that, you also have white dude comedians who no longer are being given the. The, the the sort of the green light to be able to make certain jokes, which if that's the case, if that is how society is moving, because there's a lot of times that certain jokes no longer be that certain jokes became passe and you weren't able to do them anymore in an intelligent way yeah. because we moved on as a society. Right. Yeah. You can't make certain gay jokes because 
You just can't. Because they're it's not, not 1980. They're funny not funny anymore, right? Just whipping out the voice isn't enough anymore. Yeah, you can't do that. So fucking get, hack. So get new material. Yes, this is what right? I'm saying. Get new material. Jerry Seinfeld, in a lot of ways, started this whole thing when mm-hmm. he started complaining about shows that he could no longer do on college campuses because he was taking material from 1998 and trying to perform it on college campuses oh, and then complaining about PC culture. But the audience is more sophisticated. And I'm yes. sorry, if you don't Thank know you. that, then you're, you've lost you're it. You're bad at your job. You've lost it. You've lost it. You're bad at your job, and you should probably just go back and count your millions, Jerry name, Seinfeld. Name one profession bitching. that over the years you don't have to adapt for. Name Not one, one profession. Not a one. Nothing. Nothing. Not a one. Nothing. Which is which is why you have eras of comedians is because certain comedy works in certain eras. But I, I think my overall grander point here is the fact that you have a cohort of people, both as consumers and as creators, who feel attacked by a, a, a changing culture, by a changing demographic, by a changing overall ethos in Western society to be more inclusive. And I'm sorry, as a dude, I love to see more women comics. I love to see more women women in esports. I love to see more women everywhere. And that's not period. A, that's not a mandate and coming from on high no. from someone that No, this is just I think like I'm more willing to open my wallet for something that is more inclusive. Period. I'm willing to spend more money there. What? Do you want me to change my fucking buying habits? This is your fault. Yeah. This is not society's fault. This is not social media's fault. This is not the, the liberal cuck media. This is not fucking. <laughs> this is your fault. It is no one's fault but yours for failing to adapt to modern sensibilities and making your com- your comedic take valid and and translatable to an audience that wants to be there. And what makes it funnier? To me, and the irony of it is it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Is that you complain about all of a sudden society is trying to ostracize white dudes, so you behave like an ass on all the outlets that you could think of. Yeah, and get ostracized. And get ostracized because you're being an ass, not yeah. because you're being a white dude, and then you conflate the two. Oh my so God. now, being an ass and being a white dude is completely the same thing for so many people, and that's the fucked up part. And so now, you have have a bunch of people who incorrectly in my opinion conflate white man and white culture automatically with being an ass not true so you have that you're ostracized for that then you know that that baggage comes with every interaction that you have with somebody who is not within that community and you fall right you fall right into the trap right you fall right into the stereotype because now you feel like you have no way out and no all you have to do to behave like a well-rounded yeah, don't human be an ass. being. Yeah. I, I know Simple we normally keep, use this for punchlines, but I gotta give it to you anyway, Norris. Outstanding. Here's the thing. You just described so many forum users mm-hmm. that we've had, like we had back in the day when we did our old show, our old podcast, Limit Break Radio, we had a forum, and there are so many users that use that same type of logic mm-hmm. and found the same consequence, because mm-hmm. they'd always be on the other side of a ban and you would get pages upon pages about how it's not their fault about how they're the victim instead of just being like all right you know what i'm gonna go somewhere else or you know i'm gonna make new jokes or or how just behaving themselves or how about you know hey 
even if you disagree, there's a way to say, you know what? I wasn't necessarily feeling that bit. I wasn't necessarily feeling that segment. Long time listener, first time commenter, whatever, all that stuff. There's oh, it, a, was, it was never. It was never anything about the show. He was. He would just go at other people on the. No, forum. of course. But I'm saying there is there is a way to objectively disagree with a stance or a point or a joke or whatever, and mm-hmm. still not come off like an ass. The problem is that people don't know how to fucking do that. Yeah. And instead, what they do is fall into the same tropes that they're already being accused of. Because it, the cognitive dissonance occurs and they can't separate what they're trying to critique from their own personal feelings or existence. Yeah. That's the problem. All right. Checkpoint XP podcast. We got to take a break here. Uh, boy, our Twitch chat is just dead silent. I don't you could, know. You could you could hear a pin drop. Did I there. did I call did I call some motherfuckers out? Uh, we want to hear we want to hear what you have to say about this. Connect with us on social media. Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. Everyone has context for this. Everyone watches comedians, and if you don't, you watch some kind of comedic television show. So I think everyone has a, a, a right to enter this conversation. You don't have to be a stand up comedian to have a, a, a sense of what is funny for you everyone's just doing that deep self-reflection right now is this, am i the problem <laughs> yeah well maybe maybe if, maybe if, maybe we're, if we're doing our jobs right maybe that is what they're doing but uh pipe up in the chat room let, let us know uh what you think and of course on social media checkpoint xp on facebook and twitter and checkpoint underscore xp on instagram we're going to keep talking about comedy uh but coming up next we're going to talk about comedy in video games and why doesn't it work <laughs> This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. It's the Checkpoint XP podcast, soon to be renamed to Checkpoint AFK. We're, we got to wait on the brand. We're working. We saw a logo. We, we did. did. Logo looks pretty cool. Cool, cool. like does. shield sort of deal. I know, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, I can see somebody getting a tattoo of that and making us all real uncomfortable. Yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be just a little bit weird. So uh, anyway, uh, today we're talking about comedy. Yeah, uh, we just talked a lot about uh, stand-up comedians. Um, you know, comedic TV shows. A lot of this conversation spurred on by uh, Todd Phillips and his comments surrounding Joker about how woke culture PC all culture all he had to do was just not say anything first of all yes that's, that's the key hold on to not to loop back to our previous conversation but that's the number one thing I want to tell everybody well, we didn't even talk about Joker no so, we yeah. didn't but here's the main thing everybody out there shut the fuck up <laughs> Period. If you feel like you're about to say something kind of dumb or spicy, lean on shutting the fuck up. Maybe if you do that, you might have a better time. All right, let's proceed. Okay, all right. So I wanted to talk about comedy and video games because it's so, so doesn't work. And I don't know why. Borderlands 3 is, I think, uh, one of the more recent uh, uh, examples of this. Mm -hmm. But I do not understand... Why it is that, you know, an interactive medium struggles to be able to deliver a punchline. You know what? Okay. Okay, Robbie, you go. First of all, that's what I like about that point right there, because I'm going to agree with that. As I've been sitting here, right, I like Borderlands. I enjoy the humor of it, but I don't think that I could pull, like, a joke from the game and be like, this is a good joke. Right. I feel like humor as a theme around it 
can work. You're right. But it's but but as with an border, actual here's, joke. Here's, here's, yeah. my, here's my read of Borderlands humor. Everyone talks like this. And so things are just kind of generally wacky. No, and here's what I would say with that is because a lot of times when I'm when I'm finding with video games, especially games like Borderlands, is that I feel like the same seven white dudes are writing every game. That's honestly how I feel. That's probably not true, but that's how I feel. And I feel not true like, of Borderlands three, but I get that. But yes. you get my point. Yes, because all the point. white dudes are complaining about. I Borderlands feel like 3. I, no, it's because I feel like when it comes to the brand of humor that that's being put into video games, I feel like they're trying to go after a certain demo, but they're using the same techniques that they tried to use in like two thousand six, and it just feels stale and outdated I mean, and boring and unimaginative. What's what's a game? that you can think of that actually is genuinely funny mass effect mass effect with okay. the, but, 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 but why the whole but why? series but why so and that's what i was getting to is uh I, for me humor in video games you can't treat it like a movie a, a movie a joke is a setup and a punchline mm-hmm. that's what a what's at its core what a joke is sure you can't just do a setup and a punchline in video games unless it's in a cutscene. Because the player has the agency over when we progress to the punchline. The player controls the punchline. And what is the fundamental rule of comedy? Timing. It's right. all about timing. Okay, that's true. So, Interesting. No, this, the is, only this way is true. The video games to me can do humor well is when they play with expectations. Undertale is masterful at it. Yep. Uh, Mass Effect, uh, the, the party DLC. Because of what we had grown to expect over the course of three games, that... DLC was hysterical. Well, and, and to and that I, point, though, any game could do that, right? Any game could could have like a, a moment of levity or a funny moment. Yes, mm-hmm. but any of the games that 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 I would you know categorize as like comedy, like as a genre, in the way that we have movies and TV shows that are comedies, there aren't many. And those that there are, you either love them or you hate them. No, There's but, no in between. Uh, but, I I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that because I like I'm not trying to say. That video games are categorically unfunny. Right. That's not what I'm saying at all. Right. Because there are games out there that are hysterical. That are drop dead funny. Okay. Grand Theft Auto. Okay. Very funny. Not, not just because of the player agency and what you can do within it, but there is a meta commentary, the writing in that game, and pretty much anything that is performed on the radio stations well, all of that all of that weaves very well together to provide a very comedic lighthearted atmosphere exactly and, and that's part of why i think particularly so you asked the question i immediately go to gta3 right and the reason why i go there is because you had the entirety of liberty city being brought to life by various you know satire right right on all levels the satire in the gameplay the satire on the radio station, yes. satire in the yes. story, X, Y, Z. And the thing is, is that what made it work so well and what made it so funny is they took the things that you loved and they turned them all the way up to 10. Yeah. So when you had a guy on the radio talking about some, hey, we're we're going to talk to a spiritual leader and da 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 So they, instead of just doing that, they said, let's make this as stupid as yeah. humanly possible. So what happens when you turn that up to 15? Right. You get Saints Row. Yes. And then it start like, yeah, it's no, it no longer. Becomes, now it's no it's actually Yeah. Now it's like so over the top that it's only funny for like 
Yeah, and that's it. It's funny for a passing. Like I, oh, I hit a guy in the head with a dildo. Yeah. Okay, it's funny for a fourteen-year-old. Exactly. Right, but that's or it's I mean, funny for a moment, and then that's it. But a game like Grand Theft Auto, every time I play it, I find something different that's funny about it. Mm-hmm. For sure. But I mean, the games that are like Grand Theft Auto. Again, they. Too often we see comedy games that are trying to do comedy like a movie, or they're trying to you know set you up for a joke and then tell you a joke. Sure, and you can't do that and have it be funny. And that's uh, so many of the games I think we see fail uh, at that. I mean, you look talk about something like Saints Row. I mean, <laughs> you know what? Saints Row and Grand Theft Auto are fart jokes. You can if you tell it well, if you do it well, and the timing is right, a fart joke is hysterical. If you do it badly, it's Saints Row. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'd be inclined to agree with that. But, I mean, there are also moments of a game like the Uncharted series that has humorous bits sure. or a joke or two you know, sprinkled in that I think work very well because they work for that genre. Right. So, basically, Uncharted is basically a damn Indiana Jones movie. Right. And... One of the funniest things about Indiana Jones, he's sitting there, the guy swing the sword around, he takes a gun out and he shoots him. Like, that was funny. It was hilarious. And ad-libbed. And, yeah, and completely ad-libbed, but it was great. And, like, that's the sort of thing Isn't that, that because I think, Harrison Ford was too hungover that day? He was, uh, he had the flu. He had oh, the he flu. had the flu. Yeah, and he, it's he like, was, in the scene now. Yeah, him and a bunch of the cast were super sick that day, yeah. and literally the guy started doing that, and he just took out his gun and shot him. <laughs> <laughs> and they kept it in. They so it was, it was supposed to actually be a fight scene? There's supposed to be a full fight a scene. Full yeah. fight scene. Yeah. Yeah. But, but first of yeah. all, you know, so, you know, Han shot first. But the thing is, <laughs> but the thing is, is that I think certain games can work if they follow the beats of familiar genres. And right. I think that's why Uncharted works. But other games simply just don't work because they try to inject humor at parts that humor, like, why? Here, you have hit on a really great point, but I disagree with you that it doesn't work. Metal Gear Solid's humor okay. has always been at, but the, it's absurd. at the most inappropriate time. Yeah. The quantifiably most inappropriate time. And yet... For some reason, yeah. I can't think of a joke in Metal Gear Solid that's fallen flat okay. for me. The f- one of the funniest things in Metal Gear Solid is Snake is crawling through the vents. He escapes. There's this big, huge fight, and he's trying to figure out which one of these guards has the key card. Who is it? I don't know who it is. And he turns around, and he sees one guard, and he looks directly at that guard's butt. <laughs> and he realizes... That's not a man ass. Like, that's what the camera yeah. is, is telling yeah. you. And you have to use that then as a gameplay mechanic, as creepy as it is, to figure out which guard to knock out and take the key card with because it's Meryl in disguise. Yes. Yeah. That, in 1997, is fucking hilarious. And also, I mean, like, it's also kind of the same, the same sort of beats that you would find, like, in a Bond film. Oh, yeah. A Bond film isn't... A comedy, but it has funny moments. There will yeah. always be a funny moment or God, two there in is a Bond so, film. There's sure. so much Bond inside of Metal Gear Solid. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. There's always some crazy killer lady. Yeah. Because every Your Metal Gear, uh, yeah, every Metal Gear has a Bond girl. Basically, yep. They're, the, the the names are just absolutely just stupid, completely crazy. Let's go just, join Spectre. That doesn't <laughs> sound like an evil organization, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? So you're telling you know, me this guy's name is Blofeld? Oh, That's her a- her name is Octopussy. Hmm. Mm. There's Wait. not even anything subtle about that one. Oh. 
the girl in Goldfinger's Goldfinger. name Pussy Galore. Pussy Galore. <laughs> that is her name. As in her parents called her that. And a doctor didn't hit them, theoretically. So, just, uh, but it, it's it's one of those things where, like... Uh, the, it, but like, I think for the most part, that doesn't work, though. Like, Metal Gear works because the writing in Metal Gear is brilliant. But I, I think in most games, it doesn't work. Well, it's and, and, just, and, that, and I'd actually like to go back to something that, that, that Joe mentioned, too, about, about the, the, the timing of comedy and why I think that something like Borderlands is so polarizing, right? Because if you're in something like a cutscene or a story beat... And everything's you know proceeding apace as it should be right right but because of a game like that with so much grinding and so much side quests and be able to go wherever you want and taking your time and they they still want the humor to be there that's where i think stuff from like the psychos which is just nonsense that's the type of stuff that you talk about like the the claptrap stuff that most people don't find funny and then you fall in one of two camps if you're playing it a that's so annoying to you because it's there just all the time when you're trying to play the game that you turn it off or you're able to just play past it and just play but the see, game but and that's roll the, off but your that's back. the but that's the problem is that if it's supposed to be comedic and funny and that is supposed to be the part of the overall tone of the game it's not supposed to be something you're just playing past right it's supposed to be something that's a part of the whole experience that yeah, makes like, you enjoy it more for example i think grand theft auto may be the only game that i could name that i would buy for its humor and its comedic take I would not buy Borderlands for its humor or its comedic take, but they try to make that a selling point. Yeah. And I think that games that try to make humor a, a selling point or a focal point mostly end up falling flat for a ru- around maybe roughly half of the audience. And that's not good enough, right? Like, right. I don't know that you can call... I, like, if you're only hitting 50% of the audience, then I don't think that that should be a main yeah. selling point or something you lean I, into. I, well, I mean, the problem is we don't know how much of the audience it's, it's hitting. No, it's, it's obviously true. successful enough that, that more than half, well, I'm I mean, sure. the game, no, the game is play enough, is, is tight. It's well, still yeah. a really good loose shooter. But you there's, know? There's enough, there have been enough articles, enough people have commented on it. There have been enough... There's enough commentary out there to to say with some sort of certitude like yeah the humor is not hitting for everyone well and i mean at the end of the day uh, a comedian needs to fill uh, a theater a video game if it's going to try and go the comedy route has to do way more than fill a theater it's very true it ha- well but that's part that's- of what but that's part of what made gta so brilliant is the fact that okay i don't like country music or conservative radio and yet they've had parodies of both conservative radio and country music that are some of my favorite stations in all of of gta because they're just that funny and well written so i think that yes you're right on the surface that games have to be way more wider i think than than a traditional comedian would have to be but i think that plays into a game's advantage sometimes if it's a well put together team and writing staff, you know, I, I think they could do it totally. We've we've talked a couple of times on the show before about how um, is Grand Theft Auto possible in 2019? Like we've seen that Rockstar is gun shy about making a mm-hmm. new Grand Theft Auto game, and I know that we've kind of wondered if maybe humor is part of the problem. Whether they think that they can live up to being as 
funny as they've been in the past. And in the same way that South Park has struggled with it because reality is just so crazy that how do you even Mm -hmm. begin to like try to satirize reality when reality is so much crazier. And I do think that that's a real problem, but I think that there like like you were talking about i think that there's a massive opportunity to shut down this whole notion that it's cancel culture or pc culture or that it that can't is, be done that yeah that is the problem or that it can't be done because because i think like a game like grand theft auto really has that opportunity well first of all it's going to sell a bajillion copies no matter what it's just because it's GTA. So I think they do have the advantage of being able to just say, you know what, we're going to try what we're going to try. Right. And, it, you know, we're just going to move forward because at this point they know it's going to sell well. It's got the GTA name on it. It's going to move units. So they can, they have the leeway. And most of all, they have the respect and the track record to show that they could be trusted with this type of satire. And for as crazy as reality is now, I'm not necessarily sure that, you know, reality was that much different when GTA 5 came out. It was different. But I, don't, I mean, you could talk about post-Trump, and that's pretty much the biggest thing. I, I, I might say GTA 3. I think GTA yeah. 3 or Vice City, the, the mood was as weird as it is now well yeah i mean it was it was it was a completely different time in american history and western culture it was the first time we truly had to start thinking about like terrorism yeah and we first started to have to think about like what does this post-internet society look like this is pre-social media really so that's just starting to really get underway so it was a very interesting time but i think gta can really 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 do it and i trust them with it I used to trust Bioware with it. I don't trust them no more. And so I feel like Rockstar is the only studio that could really do it. Because even with Red Dead, there's humor in Red Dead that is vulgar and ridiculous and absurd and touches on some really heavy subjects. Yeah. But it's funny as hell. And, and and also, it's been a while since we've heard from Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, I think time has passed. GTA I, 5 came out in 2013. I think, I think, not to go back to our previous comedian conversation, but I do think that's at least part of the problem with a lot of comedians right now. It's too much exposure. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing too much of your ass. I'm hearing too much of you on a podcast. I'm hearing too much of your thoughts on Twitter. Guess what? I don't care about you that much. I want yeah. you to hone your material, and I want to see your best stuff. Yep, give me on- a 60-minute set once a year. Exactly. And you know what? I'll need about three or four of them before I trust your point of view <laughs> to want to even check out your podcast, Chris D'Elia, or want to fucking, you know... Uh, such a great re- point. I only want to hear comedy when I turn on the Netflix special or go to a club thank you yeah you know and and honestly there are so like and i'm not trying to i'm not trying to pick on crystalia but like this is a dude who had like two netflix specials and then started a podcast it's like this seems to be the new move is to like oh if you're a comedian in any way shape or form you should have a podcast and telling people ad nauseum what your opinions are again listen i trained for 15 years to learn the ins and outs of broadcast and to know what I want to bring to the table and what I don't. 
if if you know me, if you've listened to the arc of my career, you are know you know that there's stuff in my private life I don't bring to the air, and and comedians I don't think understand that balance that that uh, separation, and they just they just let let their podcast or let their Twitter feed become their. Absolutely stick. uncontrolled it. No, it, and it, it and it and it really works to their detriment. W- without a doubt, and less I think, is more. No, without a doubt, and I think that's why a person like Chappelle was able to come back and have just as much you know resonation with the you know the pop culture. Yeah, because. He went off the grid for a while. Right. You didn't hear from him. You didn't see him. He was he was a ghost essentially. Yeah. And and I think that in a way that's important for people to do. It's important for people to step away sometimes and not just from a material standpoint, but also just from a mental health standpoint. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of what we're seeing is that people are having these very public meltdowns because because they're working too hard because they're working, hey, they're too, working hard. too hard and Let's they're be putting, and they're put, dude the, the 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 concept of having to be turned on 24 hours a day that's exactly that's yeah. not that is not healthy they're they're for trying the yeah they're trying mind. to take their shtick and make it translate 24 hours a day you're right it's not healthy it's, it's not, healthy. not healthy at all but, and, and here's here's what i would recommend pod uh, comedians who have podcasts that like have even like semi-popular podcasts pick one Pick one. Yeah. Either go out on the road and be a comedian or do a podcast and get ready and 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 be prepared. Like, learn what that relationship to your audience is like. You got to pick one. It's got to be one or the other. If you try to do both, you're going to make yourself crazy because you can make it as a comedian and then do a podcast. I mean, like fucking uh, make the podcast the retirement plan. Huh? Make the podcast the retirement plan. Yeah, I, I mean that's that's. Well, I mean like Rogan, right? Well, you I'm, know, but it, not, you know, but I'm just yeah, saying Ro- like Rogan. Rogan honed his reputation and yeah. material on stage for years before he did the podcast, and now that's he's more interested in the podcast than he is exactly. going out on the road. And and then that, and I think that that's phenomenal, and I think that that's really smart. Mark Marin did somewhat of the same thing, but you've got dudes who are using that as like i have to do this for the path to success i have to do this yeah. uh as a way to to get my comedy out there and i i don't think that that's true yeah i don't want to listen to bill burr's monday morning podcast unless i've seen those five specials that bill burr did before that now now i know what his what yeah. his the the arc of his thought process is and now i'm much more interested in that podcast i just wanted to bring up this one point we have a uh, lawyer in our chat over at twitch.tv slash checkpoint xp who said the thing with Red Dead and GTA is is they're relatable because they're based in some form of the real world and a lot of high fantasy is hard to be relatable. Sure. And I understand that concept, but I think if someone were to take the high fantasy genre and subvert it and continue first of all, I think there's a lot of good humor in The Witcher. I've seen, you know, The Witcher have a lot of, you know, funny jokes and tropes and memes and stuff. And I think that's cool. But I think if somebody did a Princess Bride for fantasy games. See, yeah, it, 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 that 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 presupposition is, well, things like the Princess Bride didn't work. You can do that. Yeah, you can totally you can do totally that. do it. And it's beloved by so many people specifically because it subverted the genre. And I think that is very easy to do. Especially nowadays. Especially when no one Mass else Effect, is doing it. Mass Effect, part of the why Mass Effect worked is because even though it is sci-fi as sci-fi gets, it subverts a lot of sci-fi yeah. tropes. That's what I was saying kind of at the beginning of this with Undertale was that every 
step you take, it's subverting some sort of trope of old RPG games, mm-hmm. and that's where the humor lies. It's fine if you if you as the player are controlling the pacing and the timing of the joke because the joke is kind of on you when you are the one who realizes, oh wait, that's ridiculous. Yeah, like that's why it works in that sort of game. If they're just trying to sit there and set you up and tell you a joke, that doesn't work. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, we're going to leave the discussion right there. Thanks so much for joining us for the Checkpoint XP podcast. CheckpointXP.com is where you can find out more information about the show, interviews from past episodes, and a whole lot more. So, again, over at CheckpointXP.com. Stay up to date on all the latest by following us on social media, Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And if you like the show, consider dropping by our Apple podcast feed and giving us a rating and a review. Checkpoint XP is a production of Beasley Esports XP. Our theme is provided by the band Weird at Last. For the Checkpoint XP crew, Robbie Landis, Norris Howard, and Joe Sloan, my name's Dave Bender keep listening you've been listening to the checkpoint xp podcast make sure you subscribe to itunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts also tune into our weekly radio show for more information and the latest on esports and gaming go to checkpointxp.com